Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. Streaming, streaming everywhere. Well, I don't think the other uh, platforms are going away. I think streaming is the future. Over-the-air broadcasters have been uh, uh, dealing with this for a long time. We have Apple TV Plus at $5 a month. Disney Plus, you know, is at six ninety nine a month or sixty nine ninety nine per year. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 and 716. It's no secret our TV viewing habits have changed dramatically over the past several years. And it's looking like it's really just the tip of the iceberg that's hitting the television industry. It really isn't the TV industry anymore, is it? It's video. It's streaming. Uh, one of the best ways to maintain relevance is to make those stories, that product available on the most modern, most convenient, most accessible platforms. So when Susan and Brian had the chance to pick the brain of Disney chief Bob Iger, who has a new book out, by the way, they jumped and they spent a good deal of time talking about the impact streaming is having on Disney and, of course, vice versa. And streaming, which utilizes obviously digital technology, in particular mobile technology for people to be able to watch their movies and TV shows, is definitely becoming more and more popular, particularly among younger people. And so, uh, while I don't think the other uh, platforms are going away, I think streaming is the future. Do you think we have it all figured out yet? Are we still in that process? Because there's so many, you know, more and more streaming services. It seems like every six months there's a new one on the market for you to download and check out. Uh, Is it going to be like that 10 years from now, or will there be a few left standing? No, I think there's so much change going on in the world and in our business, and it's happening so fast. Looking forward 10 years is a little bit hard. What I do know, which is something that Walt Disney discovered way back, is uh, no matter what happens in terms of technology, a great story is still a great story, and it finds its way into the hearts and and lives of people around the world. In terms of um, streaming, what what I will say is that if you're Disney and you're bringing forward a product that is Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars and National Geographic, that's a very unique proposition for the consumer. Those beloved brands and stories, whether it's the library or whether it's original programming uh, from those brands. And so I think as we enter this space, which admittedly is getting more competitive, we have a very, very unique position in that space. And it's one of the reasons why we're so excited about what we're bringing forward and so confident in it. Are your interactions with the other Goliaths, you know, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Google, are they friendly or is it competitive? It can be both. Um, we use some of those platforms. We have good presence on YouTube, as a, for instance. Certainly a lot of our product appears on Apple. Uh, we're hoping that uh, Apple is one of the places that consumers will flock to buy the apps that we bring forward, uh, Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus. So in one way, they're a partner. And in the other sense, they are going into the business of creating content, and that sets them up a bit as a competitor. But as I said, I think there's room in the market for multiple competitors, as there has been in the past, and I think our hand is particularly unique uh, given those great brands. You know, in this new streaming world, we see shows like uh, The Office, The Simpsons kind of uh, live on and on. Uh, Do you subscribe to this feeling that kind of nothing is 
old anymore that always people are looking for something new to discover and it might not matter to people if that thing originally came out in you know 1992 or uh, 2012 i think if it's great it doesn't matter and one of the great things about technology today and these platforms is it gives people access to the stories of the past when i was growing up it was syndicated television and that was about it now you can go to a destination an online destination or an app and find just about everything. And the best stuff, whether it was made in the 50s or the 60s or the 90s or five years ago, the best stuff thrives as long as people can get access to it uh, in, in navigable ways and in, in, in ways that are you know, well-priced, where there's a real value to it. Uh, I think that what you might watch my, my teenage sons binging on Friends, which I never would have thought they would have been interested in, but it's a good show and good characters and not our show, by the way, but Fine with me. I think it says a lot that uh, these platforms are very, very consumer friendly. When you kick back, what do you like to do for entertainment? I love watching movies. I'm also a huge sports fan. A little plug for ESPN, which we own. Um, I love that. I, I, I spent a lot of time going to sporting events, too. I have teenage sons, and that's great as well. But, and I do, I, you know, but there's nothing for me, there's nothing like a, a great movie. I love sitting in a darkened, in a darkened theater. Uh, watching a movie on a big screen. Do you ever get uncomfortable if people say to you, hey, you own or run everything I consume or, you know, a, a million percent of what I watch? No, I like that in a sense that I like uh, occupying people's hearts and minds in, in such, I think, wonderful ways. And that's what Disney is. I'm very proud of the stories we tell and the impact they have on the world. And then look, I don't think there ever be, will ever be a time when anyone has a monopoly on great storytelling. There are too many great artists in the world and they'll always find their way to, to the consumer regardless of whether Disney's in the middle or not. We know, Bob, that you were close friends with Steve Jobs. Had he lived, do you think that Apple and Disney would be one? Well, I speculated in my book and it, it, it is sheer conjecture because Steve's gone eight years and it's not anything we ever discussed, although we did spend a fair amount of time standing in front of a whiteboard talking about things we could do together. Steve loved the intersection of what he called the humanities or arts and technology. That he used to say, or liberal arts and technology, he'd say it made his heart sing. So I basically reached the conclusion in the book, again, conjecture, that had he lived, he would have gotten to a point where he would have loved for Apple to be involved more on the creative side and not just on the technology side. Uh, and so I think given our relationship, given the fact that he was Disney's largest shareholder and a member of the board, that if Apple were going to get into that business, it would have been with Disney and not with anyone else. How many services are consumers going to be willing to take on? How many subscriptions do you actually want to these streaming services per month? Great question, as we're presented with choices that began with Netflix. But now there's a growing list alongside them. Sarah Jurdy covers the issue for Adweek. Studies have shown that consumers really tap out between two and three. Um, so we'll see if some of these big services, uh, you know, Disney Plus, HBO Max, are going to really be additive to what consumers already have on their plate or if they're going to replace. Um, you know, obviously these big businesses are betting on them, adding them to their already crowded dashboard of streaming services, but we'll see how it shakes out. What's the average price do you think that we'll be paying for a subscription? You know, that really ranges. We have Apple TV Plus at $5 a month, Disney Plus 
you know, is at six ninety nine a month or sixty nine ninety nine per year. Um, HBO, not HBO Max, but the HBO streaming service already on the market is at fifteen dollars per month. Um, so really, there's a, a great big range, and I think you'll see some of these big streaming services really tweaking that and experimenting with um, what consumers are going to be willing to pay. It seems like the streaming services that have yet to be released, at least those who have announced their prices, are trying to stay a little bit lower, um, keeping it under at least $10 a month, especially under $12 a month, which is where Netflix is at. Disney owns so much content that they actually have three different streaming services, or will have by the end of the year, and they're bundling Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus all into one. I think it's uh, $12 for all of that together. Is that something where you can see, all right, people look at that, say, I'm getting sports, I'm getting all this Disney stuff, I'm getting you know some version of TV through Hulu, that can actually be a cord-cutting replacement that doesn't break the bank. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at what Disney has its hands in, it's hard to deny how powerful they're going to be. As you mentioned, they have hands in ESPN um, with Hulu and Disney+, and this allows them, especially by offering a package service, um, to have that ad component with Hulu. Um, I think you'll see as we get into probably late 2020, maybe early 2021, more packaged and bundled services. And I don't think that'll be just between the streaming services, but I think we'll see um, digital media and, you know, traditional media get into this space as well. I could see a situation where, you know, Spotify and uh, HBO Max are working together or a Peacock and maybe the New York Times are working together. Um, As we move deeper into this kind of wild, wild west of subscription services, um, I think we'll see these media organizations wanting to band together to reach more consumers as they decide how many you know services and subscription services they want per month. Sarah, with all this streaming, where does it leave TV? You know, that's a great question. Um, I, I think there are still a lot of you know cable subscribers and there are still people who enjoy getting in front of a television and turning on the channel and, and channel surfing. Um, but, you know, I think this is going to be a big challenge for them to overcome. There are so many cord cutters, and every year we lose cable subscriptions and, and switch over to cord cutting. Um, and especially with more options on the marketplace, I can't imagine that trend will stop anytime soon. Yeah, I find myself thinking every time a new streaming service is announced that I'm more and more likely to stick with my regular cable subscription. I thought I'd be a cord cutter for sure by now, but no, I'm, I'm more and more entrenched in just having one thing to pay for instead of seven. I mean, that's a good point, too. It's, the, it's confusing, right, to navigate all of this. Um, it's really hard to keep up with the newest service and what's exactly offered. It's a lot easier to go to your cable provider or what have you and just say, you know, I want one package and you know exactly what you're getting. Um, so I think communicating to consumers, at least in the outset, will be really important for these companies to do, you know, in terms of exactly what they're offering at exactly what price and exactly why, you know, I guess they really need them in their lives because there's already so many options out there. How are consumers responding to it all? Well, I, uh, you know, there was that glorious little window when, uh, uh, you know, all my students had Netflix and they watched whatever they wanted. It was one-stop shopping. Bob Thompson has made a career out of being in touch with all things pop culture, and he's with that target demographic streaming is aimed at each and every day. Uh, but that's not going to be the case anymore. 
Friends has been stolen away from network Netflix at huge cost. Uh, the Office, uh, uh, The Big Bang Theory is going over to uh, HBO Max. All that Disney stuff and all the stuff they own. Uh, November, they have their own streaming service. NBC Universal, uh, 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 AT&T. I mean, there are so many uh, services. And now, you know, if you want to watch Mrs. Maisel, you got to get one service. If you want to watch Handmaid's Tale, you got to get another service. Uh, uh, and I think this is going to be the uh, order of the day. Um, all these people with all this... Uh, 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 content are not going to want to simply let one place uh, uh, be the middleman. They're going to want to sell it for themselves. It's starting to really resemble uh, what cable looked uh, like once upon a time, where uh, uh, in order to watch all the stuff you want to watch, you're going to need three, four, five, seven, eight, nine different subscriptions. Now, will there be uh, a time where some of these streaming services will end up uh, merging or falling out altogether? Well, we'll have to see how this plays out. I mean, the, the, the major uh, uh, thing that's going to uh, put a limit to this is how much people can afford. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you've got your Netflix subscription, then you've got your Amazon Prime subscription, and then you've got your Hulu subscription, uh, and then you need your Disney and your CBS All Access and uh, uh, all the rest of it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, uh, the limit of that is going to be d determined by what their budget uh, uh, will allow. Uh, you know, some of these services uh, uh, may, you know, come and go. Some of them may merge. Uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see. The ones that are going to survive, of course, are going to be those with the biggest, uh, deepest bench of programming. And Netflix has been trying to kind of prepare for this day for a long time. They've they keep making new uh, uh, original programming, so when they lose Friends or if they lose The Office or these other kinds of things, their hope is that they're going to have enough of their own stuff uh, on Netflix to keep people from uh, canceling their subscription. And now every place else is trying to play that same game, HBO Max, uh, which uh, uh, will be starting soon, and, uh, uh, and all the rest of them. What do you think the landscape will be in about 10 years as far as streaming services? Well, I think uh, what we're going to see is uh, uh, more and more streaming services, uh, uh, all of them competing for uh, viewers. But unlike the old days when you competed with viewers, where, uh, with, with the measurement being ratings, uh, competing for viewers, which is competing for the number of people uh, uh, who subscribe. Uh, and I think we're probably going to see uh, uh, more and more of them. This, uh, that, that old quaint age when Netflix was the one subscription service that you got that you could see so much of what you wanted to watch, uh, that began disappearing almost the instant it started. Now, what could this mean to the over-the-air broadcast networks? What will this mean to uh, the basic cable outlets that we've been used to dealing with uh, over the years? Could we see the end of the ABCs, the CBSs, the TBSs on, on over-the-air and cable? Well, over-the-air broadcasters have been uh, uh, dealing with this for a long time. I mean, uh, cable began to kick in. As we went from 1979 to 1980, there were only 23% of the households that even had cable. 
So the networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, uh, uh, pretty much split the entire uh, uh, television audience. That began to change as the 80s uh, kicked in, as cable uh, uh, began to kick in. That uh, percentage of the audience that went to the networks kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And then, of course, with the turn of the century, uh, uh, and then with the streaming services coming in, um, of course, there are just so many other places that uh, uh, people could get television. I don't think the net networks are going to go away. Uh, and it is interesting that the biggest money, even in streaming, is not in these fancy shows that get all the Emmy Awards. Uh, the biggest streaming money are networks paying for, are, I'm, I'm sorry, are streaming services paying for old network television shows, Big Bang Theory, $600 million, Friends, $500 million, uh, uh, The Office, and all the rest of it. So that network model I don't think is going to uh, go away, but network, pay cable, basic cable, all of them are now having to compete with so many other uh, places that are providing original programming. It is a whole different ball game than it was a generation ago. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.